Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. If you then be risen with Christ, what a wonderful thought. Dear friend, are you risen with Christ today? Are you living a life that's risen for Christ? Let's talk about that today in just a few moments. Thank you to our Jay Webb, and thank you for tuning in today to our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. Before we continue with this broadcast, please know that this is a previous broadcast that had some technical static in its presentation. We want to present it a little more clearly, thus this is a renewal of an earlier broadcast. We hope it will be helpful, and to God be the glory. Our question today to consider is, what does it mean to be a Christian? The life of a Christian is a life of assurance in God and living for God. Are there challenges in living as a Christian? Are there difficulties? Most assuredly, yes indeed. But friends, isn't that called life for anyone? I mean, no matter what our status may be spiritually, we face challenges. And there are times that we do face a lot of good things. But the life of a Christian brings forth an additional strength in that we walk in Christ, we have access to the Father, and we're thankful for the Spirit that makes intercession for us, according to Romans 8, and also to the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. The Christian has a special relationship with God and Christ that the world simply does not experience. Let's consider Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. I mentioned it moments ago from the King James Version, but now let us consider the wording from the New King James Version. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Now let's consider this lesson text in a way of introduction. If then you were raised with Christ is how it begins in Colossians 3 verse 1. So here is the simple statement. The word if simply means... You are, and you should do this. They were risen with Christ through baptism into Christ. We note that as we back up into chapter 2, staying within the context, as we go to Colossians 2, verse 11. 
In him you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which also you were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Dear friends, the scripture cannot be any clearer. They were risen with Christ through baptism into Christ, that through faith in the working of God who had raised Christ from the dead. This is a beautiful parallel to Romans, the sixth chapter, verses one through six, when Paul comes to this point and says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. As those who are risen with Christ, they were to conduct their lives a certain way. In verse 2, set your mind on things above. The old King James Version, set your affection on things above. This is a perfect parallel to Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, to where on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught that we should lay up our treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, or thieves do not break through and steal, that we put our affection on things above. When we are risen with Christ and Christ is on the right hand of the Father, then we need to be thinking of heavenly things and certainly not of heathen things. In verses 5 and 6, in Colossians chapter 3, we see the phrase, put to death your members. Old King James Version, mortify, put to death the life that you once lived, that when we become Christians, you simply cannot continue to live any way you want. It is amazing to me how some concoct in their minds, and certainly not from the Bible, that they can obey the gospel or, as it's termed many times, accept Christ, and then just go on living the same way. Dear friends, that smacks in the face of the death on the cross of Christ. And also, it takes away the word repentance, which requires a change of heart. The brethren in Colossae understood what it meant to be a Christian. One will leave his way of living and will live the right way. A great blessing in that the Christian is a saved individual. We note from Acts 2 and verse 47 from the day of Pentecost that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. We understand that they believed in God, for faith is of necessity. We could repent, we could confess, we could be baptized, we could try to live a good moral life. But, dear friends, if we do not believe in God, understanding that without faith it is impossible to please Him, Hebrews eleven six, that without faith in God all of this would be null. 
Consider also, too, that when we believe in Christ, the beauty of repentance matches the command of Christ in Luke 13, verse 3. It also responds to the preaching of the gospel to what Peter said in Acts 2 and verse 38, Repent. How Paul on Mars Hill in Acts the 17th chapter commanded men to repent. And how Peter in his writing in 2 Peter chapter 3 in verse 9, How God commands all men everywhere to repent. Dear friends, repentance is part of God's plan to save mankind that man can change his heart or change his decision and in turn change his direction. And then, dear friends, confession of Christ is of necessity. Christ commands that confession in Matthew 10:32 and 33. He commands a life that confesses Christ. But we also understand that one, as one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and that is Romans 10, 9 and 10. Please note, the Scripture does not say there that we believe into Christ, or we confess into Christ, that we believe unto Christ, and we also believe, or rather believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We have affirmed from the Scripture, from Colossians 2, Romans 6, we would also submit Acts 2 and verse 38, we would submit Acts 22 verse 16, 1 Peter 3:21, Mark 16:16, 16, 16, that baptism is part of God's plan of salvation. One cannot be placed into Christ until one is baptized into Christ. This is taught from Romans 6, 1 through 6 and Galatians 3 verse 27. Back to the thought of Colossians 2 and Romans 6, when we are raised to walk in newness of life, then we begin a new life as Christians. And that the name Christian is indeed a biblical name affirmed in Acts 11, verse 26. And let us therefore consider today, what does it mean to be a Christian? And let's elaborate on this point as we have laid a proper foundation. But first, let us pause for a few good words from our J. Webb, and then we continue our study. Our website is internationalgospelhour.com. Please go and peruse our website. Hit the Contact tab and leave us a message, or the Survey tab and let us know where you hear our programs. Please check out the free tab as well for a variety of materials you may use in your studies. Again, that's internationalgospelhour.com. And now, let's return to our study. What does it mean to be a Christian? First of all, dear friends, it means that Christ is in the Christian. Colossians 1, verses 26 and 27 says, "...the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations..." but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory in this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The thought of the mystery is that which is revealed. Paul talks about that in Galatians, I'm sorry, Ephesians, Galatians. I'm sorry, folks, I've created a book of the Bible. Forgive me. Let's try again. Ephesians chapter 3, as well as 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that God with the mystery has brought forth into these people. The folks in the first century understood what God has revealed unto man. It is God's scheme of redemption. It is His, it is his plan unto man. What a beautiful thought. And so Christ in us makes Him our life. 
In Colossians 3, 3 and 4, again, we are reminded how that we died and our lives, and our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, we will appear with Him in glory. So Christ is our life because Christ is in the Christian. But number two, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, it means one has the mind of Christ. We'll allow the Scripture to speak as we wish to. Philippians 2, 5-11, through 11, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the point of death, even the death of the cross." Therefore God hath also highly exalted him, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, when we look at the mind of Christ, we cannot help but to go back in Philippians 2, 1 through 4, and to see Paul's exhortation to the church there, and how they should not be thinking highly of themselves, but be thinking of others. To have the mind of Christ, and when we think like Christ, we become like Christ. It is a mind of compassion as we see God giving His only begotten Son from John 3 and verse 16. It is a mind of forgiveness as we're taught in Luke 17, verses 3 and 4, that if one comes to us and says, I repent, you forgive him. And even the teaching of 70 times 7 that Christ engaged in that conversation with Peter means when one comes and asks for forgiveness, we forgive. We have that mind of compassion. With Christ in the Christian, then we must think and conduct our lives like Christ. Can we only imagine how wonderful this world would be if everyone possessed the mind of Christ, the mind of humility, the mind of compassion and forgiveness? And what does it mean to be a Christian? It means that one has the mind of Christ. So many times we as Christians will fail in how we live our lives before others. People see that. They will not want Christ. But when they see our lives as Christ, then it begins to appeal to them. Thirdly, what does it mean to be a Christian? It means that one has been crucified with Christ. In Galatians 2 and verse 20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, that passage by itself is a broadcast in and of itself. When Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, that is a beautiful, beautiful commentary from Romans 6, 1 through 6. He was baptized into the death of Christ. How that he was raised to walk and he continues to live a life for Christ. That's our lesson text of Colossians 3. Can take us back into the context of Colossians 2. If you then be crucified with Christ, or Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Remember Colossians 3, 4, Christ who is our life. And he says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. 
Not necessarily Paul's faith, although that embraces it, but I live by the faith of the Son of God. We walk in that one faith, Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6. We walk in the faith of Christ, of which the faith of which they were converted, Acts 6 and verse 7. A faith that is delivered once for all saints, Jude 3. We walk in that faith. We've been crucified with Christ. Now let's think about crucifixion for a moment. Have you ever thought that a crucified man looks in one direction? A crucified man is going to look in one direction. He is going to be looking for relief. A crucified man will look for hope. Any way that he can have some type of hope, he will embrace it. And a crucified man knows what crimes were committed. He knows what he did. One who is crucified with Christ looks in one direction. He will look above. He looks for hope as reflected from Romans 8 verse 24. And he knows the crime that he has committed, the sin if you will, that he has done before is now taken away. So the question is, why return to a past with such a great future? Once again, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Dear friends, we are discussing the importance, the blessing, and the meaning of being a Christian. Would you like to study more on these things? Let us pause again and listen to our special free study that our J-Web will tell us about. Kind listeners, the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Please call toll-free at one 855 IGH 6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information name, address, and type, please send the home study. We'll send it as soon as possible. Thanks always for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means one puts on the armor of God. What a wonderful passage from Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. 
Oh my, may the Lord always bless us with the reading, the hearing, and the application of His Word. The Christian must be prepared for battle. It is a spiritual battle, as Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or worldly, but mighty through God the pulling down of strongholds. We must have on the complete armor of God as a Christian. The armor of God is also called the armor of light in Romans 13 and verse 12. The armor of righteousness in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 7. Therefore, as we see the armor of God, the armor of light, the armor of righteousness, it is of necessity for the Christian to put on the full armor of God. It has been noted that the word for full armor in that phrase, full armor in the English, that in the original writing within the Greek, it is the word panoplia. And that is where we get the word, English word, panoply. It means the full armor. So from time to time, you may have sung the hymn, Soldiers of Christ Arise. If you recall the, the um, verse or the stanza that says, And take to arm you for the fight the panoply of God. Take to arm you for the fight the full armor of God. Put on that full armor when you go into battle. Not only that, but we also see the strategy of prayer before we go into battle. Verse 18, we find that we're able to have that to stand against the wiles of the devil to be fully prepared for battle. It's also been said that you'll notice that the armor does not cover the back. That the Christian, when he turns, Satan has a clear shot and can take out the Christian. When we turn our back in battle for God, Satan will get us. We need to press onward with the might of our Lord. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means salvation and a reward in heaven. In Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40, we see of the good that we are to do, the direction that we are to go. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and take you in, or naked, and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick, or in prison, and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Dear friends, the Christian looks forward to so, so much with heaven waiting. Dear friends, that's what it means to be a Christian. We serve our Lord here that He will save us in eternity. What a beautiful study today of what does it mean to be a Christian. Now let's summarize our study before we conclude today, and may I pause here and say thank you for your patience, and we trust that this study has been of help to you. First of all, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, it means that Christ is in an individual. Is He in you today? Have you obeyed the gospel of Christ through simple trusting faith, embracing the commands of repentance and confession, 
and the command of baptism into Christ for the remission of your sins. Are you walking a faithful life for God? Are you walking the life that Christ would have you to live? Dear friends, we hope this broadcast will encourage you to become a Christian and to think on the things of which you have learned and to look upon the Word of God in order that we may do God's will. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that one has the mind of Christ in conduct and life. Dear friends, do you continue to have the mind of Christ? There are many individuals who once became Christians who no longer walk faithful to God due to some type of discouragement or something of the world that turned their head away from Christ. Dear friends, you just cannot live any way you wish on this earth and expect heaven to be your home. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means that one has been crucified with Christ. Again, Galatians 2, verse 20. Are you looking in the right direction? Are you walking in the right direction? Dear friends, it means that one wears the armor of God. Are you wearing the armor of God? Are you battling daily? It means salvation and a reward in heaven. These are things we have studied together today. And if you will allow me, let's highlight some key texts that we have mentioned today. We discussed Colossians 3, 1 through 6. That would be worthy to underline in your Bible and to review and to look at. We also discussed Colossians 2, 11 through 13, along with Romans 6, 1 through 6. We also talked about Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 and also mentioned within the context of verses 1 through 4 of Philippians 2. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians 2.20, another key text. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, the passage of the armor of God. That's a great text to underline, to bracket in your Bible and salvation and a reward in heaven, a reminder from Matthew twenty-five thirty-one through 40. But also it would be worthy to look at verses 41 to the end of that chapter of Matthew 25 to realize there were those that failed to serve God or serve their fellow man. Dear friends, this is what it means to be a Christian. Let's embrace that life and let's continue our studies together, shall we? Thank you for joining me today here on our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series, by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh,